What's up? Happy Wednesday. Hope you guys are having a great week. It's the middle of the week and earlier in the day for some, end of the day for others, or maybe even entering in tomorrow. I don't know what, what, what time zones people are in, but so grateful that you would choose to spend this time with me for a little bit. Very excited because today we have an extra special guest who is going to be joining us. So I'm going to be watching for her to pop up and then I'm going to add her to the screen. But most of you may know her, V Capaldi. She is paleo boss lady and um, a lot of you actually found us as a result of her. And we are forever grateful for her and her servant heart and her story. She's got an incredible story and, and that is why... I decided um, that, well, I asked her, and she is so gracious, to come on, come on Misty Moment today because I know that the holiday season can be especially rough. It's a rough time of year for, for most people. I think depression sets in for the, the majority of, of the world pretty heavy here um, during the holiday season, and then you throw... Um, a, a disease or something like multiple sclerosis on top of it and and just the struggles that you have um, to to move around and participate the way that you would want to participate or to you know go to functions where there's lots of treats and food and you know that kind of stuff that you're maybe you're on a special diet and you can't enjoy and I know how hard and challenging that can be so I know this time of year especially can be um, pretty pretty hard. I'm looking for, let's see, is V on here yet? V, if you're on here, send me a message. Let's see who else is on here. Just waiting to watch for V. What is going on with my screen? Hey V, if you are there and you're watching, I think you can request to join my live feed because for some reason I'm not seeing your image pop up on here. So maybe, maybe you're in here, maybe you're not. Let me see if I can... Let's see, I'm gonna search for you. So if you guys don't mind just sticking with me um, just a minute as I kind of figure out, this is the first time that we've done this in this group. Um, whoops, where'd you go? Let's see, V, are you on there? Stick with me, please don't leave me. <laughs> oh, there you are, hey, boop. Bring on candy. So if you wouldn't mind accepting that request and you will. Finally, finally, finally. Sorry. No, it, it never gave me the chance to go live. I was listening to you and then finally, I'm sorry. Oh, it's not your fault. You know, this is a new thing. And we obviously, we don't control Facebook. Not that we would do any better of a job. I mean, right. it's pretty incredible. But um, thank you. Thanks so much for, for joining us for Misty Moment today. Thanks for inviting me. I'm always excited. I mean, I, I look forward to Misty moments, but to be included in one is an extra special gift today. Oh, it's a treat for us. And um, and I I think, obviously, I've, I've gotten to know you a little bit more over the last few weeks and have just fallen in love with you, your heart, your servant heart, and and your story. And And I know you and I were discussing earlier a little bit, but... I, I think, especially like Trevor and I, in the journey that we've had with our health challenges and, and our challenges to get to where we are just to find you guys um, and this, this community that we just so love, there's oftentimes Trevor and I would fall into the rut and we would see people who are accomplishing kind of things that we were hoping to accomplish. And, um, 
and we would get really disheartened. And I relate that to the person who, who struggles with MS and they're seeing these victories that were popping off left and right, mm-hmm. or, you know, they know your story and they see you and they follow you and you see how you're the most healed person who's gone through like the walls protocol and you're living this life still having MS, but it's in, in remission. Right. And, and they, yeah, I manage every symptom. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're managing every symptom and they see that. And, and in, in many cases they, they don't really realize the journey or I know with Trevor and I, we, we often would see people where, who were where we wanted to be and we would forget that they had an entire hardship and journey of their own to get there. And I know yep. that's no different with you. And, um, and it's been 30 years in the working for you. So I thought it would be just an incredible blessing for people to just kind of hear how you, you kind of worked through those challenges that it wasn't all wine and roses getting to where you are. And even still, you probably still have those emotional hardships and, and things oh, yeah. that you deal with um, on a regular basis. So I just thought it'd be great to have you share some of that part of your story. Well, thank you, because I have to tell you the truth. This uh, part of my story is mostly shared with the, the strangers that I live with, because we get a chance to really dive in. And for me to remind them that I started using out-of-the-box thinking regarding the treatment of MS from the day that they told me I had MS, which was in 1987. Mm. So that's a heck of a long time ago. And yeah, my mother was a prescription pill addict my whole life. And the only thing they offered me was Valium. And I didn't want to take that. Then the next thing that happened was, is they told me not to go out in the sun. And I've lived at the beach my whole life. So I was like, well, you want to give me drugs? You want to take away where I feel most comfortable? And then they said, and don't have kids. I was married six weeks. So I think um, following my gut out of the gates was I started using aromatherapy. I had a dear friend who called me and was like, you should use lavender oil. I heard you have MS. I, I, I didn't even know. I was like, what? Lavender, huh? Like, I don't even... Lavender, like, in the garden? And it's made in an oil? Like, I had no idea what she was talking about but it truly was a godsend that that she introduced me in 1987 to essential oils because I started using them right away in place of Valium because I didn't want to get addicted to opiates my mother became an addict at the hands of doctors because she was deaf and she had cancer and she had a lot of illnesses but you know once she started on those drugs she couldn't stop and I'm her daughter so I didn't want that for myself um then um you know, so, you know, right there I started. And then I, someone recommended, cause I had restless leg and limb jumping and someone recommended to me cannabis. Second time now I'm thinking outside of the box and breaking the law with that one. So that was really, you know, a big stretch for me. But again, the drugs that at the time, they didn't have disease modifying drugs. They didn't have all the drugs that they have now. They didn't have anything for restless leg and jumping. And my jumping was so extreme that my whole body was jumping. So I was anxious to do anything that wasn't a narcotic. I did not want to use narcotics. And throughout the journey, I was, I, my sister bought me the swank diet book early on. I I think it was in the early nineties. I was swank. I was Atkins. I did Pritikin. I was vegetarian. I was vegan. Like I tried food as medicine. Um, and it didn't do anything. It really did absolutely nothing for me, but I kept trying. Um, I, I went to PT 
uninterrupted. Think about that. Physical therapy, you paying, well, in the beginning, insurance paid for it. But then as healthcare changed so rapidly, um, I had to use my own money. And I used to get ostracized by family and friends for paying for my own PT. But I had PT uninterrupted until 2013 from 1987. Think wow, about that. That's a long time. That's a lot. That's why Trevor, to me, in the beginning, it was like, oh. Oh my goodness. I love Like I do that. Oh my God. I do that. Like, that's what I do. I was like so excited because it's like, that's why I am empowered. Like I am like, I know this stuff. And now when I watch it a lot of times, like he reminds me of these exercises that I haven't done in a really long time. And I'm like, Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I need that. And now I understand like the reason, like, you know, because he does the circuits, I can watch his videos and be like, okay, so when my leg is not lifting, I need to do that series. Where, see, I, you know, I would dance around and listen to my body in the morning to decide what I needed to do, but I didn't understand the neuromuscular connection part. So now I'm starting to learn and be able to adapt my workout based on knowledge of what I'm being taught. Where before, when I did therapies, it was like, I just went in and they just directed me to do certain things, but I didn't necessarily know why I was doing those things yeah. where now, you know, but, and look, think of all those years of PT, you know, millions of dollars of liquid assets in PT um, where now that's why I cry a lot of times when I am watching stuff in the MS gym, because it's like, no one's going to have to go bankrupt for PT. Like, I mean, no, like, oh my God. And they're going to understand how to work in their body. Like we're saying, you know, that's just like a saving. It's just so huge, you know? Um, and then I spent years, I locked myself in the house and spent years questioning the autopilot of life and all the cultural and societal norms that had dictated my life. I am so one, I am so proud to be Italian. I'm a hundred percent Italian and I'm so proud of that. But also, there's a lot of cultural norms with being Italian that stood in the way of, of my healing. Right. And I, I had, you know, and the last thing you want to do, I mean, disease already kind of divides family and friends in weird ways. But the last thing you want to do is be like, well, you know, like I had a hard time. I'm not going to eat gluten, peppers, tomatoes, and eggplant anymore. And that's all Italians eat because I have MS. And they're like, what? You know, like, yeah, I didn't want to put a further divide between me and my family. Um but I also knew that, you know, there's a correct approach to introducing new ideas. And I learned all that by making mistakes. Yeah. Um, I'm from Philadelphia. I love Philadelphia, but I moved all the way across the country because I have MS. I mean, let's think about that because I can't regulate body temperature. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I literally moved all the way across the country because I knew living in Pennsylvania, I was a prisoner in mm -hmm. my house. Even though I had air conditioning and heat, it didn't matter in the face of MS. If I overheated or I got too cold, my joints were going to hurt until MS said they weren't going to hurt anymore. And well, tell, my, tell me a little, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but tell me a little about like the, you know, that move and you, and you talk about like the holidays or just getting together with your family and knowing how radically different you now have to live and eat and and work and and I imagine that had to feel super isolating. So you know, like how when you when you move across the country and you don't know anybody, um, how did you overcome that like isolation and that loneliness that you I imagine you had to have felt? Oh, absolutely. I mean, mm -hmm. especially when you're in a different time zone, you can't even text anybody. 
you know, like, because everyone, the people are asleep and it was really isolating. But I have to tell you that I've always moved my body since before I found out I had MS and I, every day I move my body, I've dedicated myself to moving my body. And when I went to California, the very first thing that I did was I spent days, well, actually a month before, I mean, before I moved to California, I lived there for a month to make sure it was the right place. And I spent that month finding the right yoga studio for me. And when I moved to California, I went to that yoga studio every single day. And every single person I know from California, I met at the yoga studio. So I build community. And because people could tell that there was something wrong with me in yoga. And, but yet I was there every single day even though I couldn't do half of I was there every single day. And people have respect for someone when they see, and they would see me, you know, sometime I could lift my legs, sometimes I couldn't. Sometimes I had 37 props around my blanket and like no space for anybody else. And other times it was just me and my mat, you know, like, and they would see, I've, sometimes I would have kinesio taping, like taping all over my body. Sometimes they would see my body jumping, sometimes not, but I was there. And people would talk to me. So I built community through movement, which is kind of funny that you asked me that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it literally was through moving my body and doing it every single day. And um, moving to California, the year before I moved, um, I started making plans to, um, and for holiday gifts, buying people tickets to come and visit family members. So for the first year, I actually kind of did it in excess. Um, I had 19 people visit, which the next year I had like a moratorium, but I was so afraid to not have my family around that uh, once I knew I was moving, I, every gift for people was a gift certificate to Southwest Airlines or so that I knew that my family could be there. Now, the hard part was in the beginning, I still honored traditions in the, in the kitchen, but I, then I made substitutes. So now I don't do that I just only cook clean and only clean food happens in my environment but in the very beginning at first I tried to just make great changes and that draw drew great resistance so then what I had to do was realize that you know I need to honor the place where other people are when I'm asking them to honor where I'm going so I did both and I still do that now when I'm invited somewhere where I know people are eating a standard American diet I just show up with a dish that I want to eat and enough for everyone yeah. where in the beginning. Yeah. Cause like in the beginning, especially during like holiday parties, I'd call and be like, hi, like I really want to come, but like I eat, I eat really restricted now and I want to know what your menu is. And they'd be like, no one was happy about that phone call. It's like it actually, we, we have to do that. And it is, it's uncomfortable. And I know it makes Trevor feel like crap because he's the one, excuse me for saying so, but he's, he's yeah. the one with the restrictions and it's just, it puts that, pressure on you and then it makes other people uncomfortable and whether they say it or not you can read it all over in their right. face or on their face or whatever the, that you, you you're putting them out yeah and and it's not your fault no and a lot of people you know kind of think we're faking it you know we're faking a gluten intolerance you're faking you know it's just like i don't know and really that that reality really is is that you know we force people to look in the mirror we force people to um, it is super isolating. We force people to question what they're putting in their mouth. And who wants to when you're eating cake or cookies? Not me. I just want to eat that stuff or mm -hmm. ice cream. So now, like, when I go somewhere, I don't, you know, I don't call anymore. I just show up with what I'm going to eat and enough extra 
to share. And if I happen to get there and they have food that I can eat, great. Because um, my invitations did stop coming, you know, and it, it isolating and, and also self-deprecating. Like, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, I just felt like, wow, I've just like isolated myself from everyone I love and traditions. Like the cookie exchange, like I did the cookie exchange every year. Like who doesn't love a good old cookie exchange? And like, how do you navigate a cookie exchange when you're gluten-free, dairy-free, great? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and like, I looked forward to the cookie exchange party, not so much for the cookies, but those women in the cookie exchange, I only saw once a year. And I knew every year that we were going to see each other. And I looked forward to that. But the first year I, instead of just making the kind of cookies I could eat and accepting the cookies from them and then maybe donating them or doing something with them, I made a big issue out of it. And it isolated me from my cookie exchange. So then the next year I decided I was going to join a cookie exchange and I was just going to not mention my last experience with the cookie, you know, and then start over again. Because I learned that, um, you know, just as I'm asking people to honor where I am, you know, I need to honor where they are. And the only way that I can really have influences leading by example. So, and I don't even tell people now that the cookies that they're eating are gluten until they're all gone because they always are all gone. Right. And then I'm like, by the way, those had no gluten, no dairy. And they're just like, really? They're delicious. And I'm like, well, just saying, maybe the next time you make cookies, you might want to consider this, you know? And my recipe. <laughs> yep, that's the way I do it now. Yeah. And, um, you know, so... The miracle known as Paleo Boss Lady, you know, by the time I became a Walls Warrior, I was already moving my body every day for decades. I already spent millions of dollars to learn how to effectively move my body. Yeah. I, I already fell in love with myself. I already moved all the way across the country, you know, and even though it was hard for me to leave my family, it actually was a silver lining that I was completely all by myself and had nothing to do but focus on healing. And that was a big reason why I moved there too. And I moved to Venice Beach because it was flat. So I didn't have to worry about, you know, because at that time I wasn't really driving very well. So I could take a bus. I could walk. I, at that time I could ride my bike sometimes. And I didn't have to go very far to support my own life. Um, whereas where I was living on the East Coast, I was kind of in the country and I had to drive and there were no cabs and there were no buses on the weekends. It was isolating. So moving to California gave me, because Venice Beach is Los Angeles at the beach. So it's a city, um, lots of people there and healthy living is the California way. It's, it's perfect temperature. Um, I was away from my family, but was having enough of them visit so that I actually got sick of it at the end of the first year and put a moratorium on the visits. So I feel like I, I kind of did take care of that. And then the food stuff, I made all the mistakes first um, by really preaching so hard what diet and lifestyle was doing for my life and thinking I was offering the, you know, the Willy Wonka golden ticket to people when in actuality I was alienating myself from others. So the best thing that I can do, and that's what my tour is, is I just lead by example. So you know, this is the way I'm going to eat and I'm happy to share my food with you. But if you want to eat that way, that's fine too. Mm -hmm. um, I don't judge anyone. Um, and where I think maybe before people thought maybe I was judging, but you know, I have to move my body every day yeah. and I do move my body every day. And even when I'm living with people, 
a lot of times people just watch me watch Trevor and move my body every day. I mean, I've actually had one person be like sitting right next to me. Should I do this too? And I'm like, well, I would, I mean, I'm doing it. Why wouldn't you do this? You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know, I don't wake up every day and be like, well, I watch Trevor every day and that's what I do. I just do it, you know? Well, and tell me a little bit about that. Um, just as, cause as you, as you got, got, got going, you know, with your PT and alternating, alternate, altering <laughs> your nutrition mm. and everything. Like I imagine just based on what, what we see happening with our clientele and with our MS gym members is that people start making progress. And then, you know, inevitably, like either they, they get sick or an unfortunate relapse or something happens that makes them feel like they take another two steps back. And that's yep. really disheartening and challenging. And I would imagine that's no different with your story. Yeah. I mean, I, we're all human, right? If we're human and we're honest, being motivated is hard. And if we have our eyes wide open in life, there's so much societal pressure and consumer driven ideals and norms that it's hard not to feel the weight of that. Um, there, there are two key reasons why I feel like, like even today, you know, I woke up today and I was like, oh, I don't want to do any movement, but my right hip has been bothering me because I've been driving a lot and it's like, oh, I know I have to, you know, and what are the things that make me get on that mat and do it is the first thing I do when I feel, uh, is I have to make myself happy and dancing and music makes me happy. So that means, you know, like this morning, it had to be Michael Jackson. Like, who's going to make me the most happy? So it's I started dancing. It's yeah. like 5 a.m. And I'm literally, I had a rave going by 7 a.m. this morning. Michael Jackson, then Stevie Wonder, then Al Green, then Luther. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, now I'm happy. It's not about, oh, I have to get on the mat. It's like, I'm alive. Somehow, my happy switched to, I'm alive. And then realizing that I was freely moving my body. Yeah. And I couldn't freely move my body for a really long time. And if you, if you, like, I never thought I was going to reverse MS. I just wanted to stop it from, from taking control of me. And the fact that I've actually been able to reverse all the damage that MS has done to me and I can freely move my body right there is motivation because I don't want that to ever change, yeah. ever change, unless it's going to change that I get to move it bigger, better, faster, stronger, you know? And the other thing that motivates me is that in this journey, I realize that the, the powers to be that dictate our healthcare, that dictate our food system, and basically the way that we live our lives, that, that was what was responsible for my pain and suffering and the two and a half million dollars in liquid assets that are gone from my bank account. The reason why I live at poverty, the reason why I lived in pain. I mean, Avenex, which I injected with for 19 years, beta serum Avenex, it took 540 sick days for me. That's not even from MS sick. That's just from the drug. Mm. 540 days of sickness from a drug that ultimately did nothing to help me at all. In actuality, it hurt me. Um, it also took over half a million dollars in cash. It, you know, and, and to think that I don't see any doctors, I don't take a drug. I don't pay for physical therapy. I don't pay for yoga. 
I literally spend no money on healthcare. I travel all over the United States. I am voluntarily homeless. I move every three days. I totally take care of myself and I'm more healthy now than I was ever in my entire life. And it's because I, I have a moral responsibility to this country and to my brothers and sisters to show them that you can, you can heal. If you believe and you're willing to put the work in, you can be just like me, but I've been working for 30 years to get to this point. And, you know, that's why having Trevor and even having someone like me who's already figured out the food thing is great because we like cut down the barrier to entry. It's like, boom, Trevor's like, oh, you got foot drop? Boom, do this Monday through Friday, learn this stuff, Saturday, circuit through it. Oh, you have, you know, restless leg? Oh, like the other day, he was like, oh, let's anybody sciatica get out or, or sacrum get out of whack? And I was like, oh my God, I know I need to learn how to do this. I need this right now. Like, you know, to have tools of empowerment and to be able to build a bag of tricks. Like this took me 30 years because there wasn't the internet. There wasn't Misty Moments. There wasn't Motivation Monday. There wasn't Paleo Boss Lady. There, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now it's all here. So, you know, I don't think it's going to take other people 30 years, but it takes time. It took me four years to heal my gut. Never once cheating as a Walls warrior. Now I understand we're dealing with addiction. I'm addicted to sugar. Trust me, I'm addicted to sugar. And when I'm not eating sugar, I find that I'm addicted to almond butter. Like who knew, but there's an addiction there. Mm -hmm. So I might remove one thing and I'm learning, well, okay, you're kind of replacing it with another. I'm giving up almonds in 2018, but oh my goodness, you know? So I think that, you know, the motivation comes from, I'm Italian and once you realize the system is not helping you, they don't get to ever do that twice. That's why I'm a boss. So yeah. they, they took 25 years of my life for me. Food, our healthcare system, took my entire life savings. Yeah, okay, took me 25 years to figure that out. I'm done playing that game with you. So that motivates me. I have gratitude. I move my body freely. I don't count steps anymore. I don't have to wall walk. I used to wall walk. I would wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and be scared to death that I was gonna fall mm. or because I was like the Tin Man. I felt like the Tin Man. And I would walk along the wall, but I had to count my steps. So I wasn't guaranteed a certain number of steps every day. And I tried to limit those. So it's like, not only was I trying to wall walk, but I wanted to walk efficiently so that I could maybe make it through the whole day. I mean, just think about that. Mm -hmm. And now in the middle of the night, I get up and I'm like, dee, dee, dee. I like dance to the bathroom and like dance back because I'm like so grateful. So gratitude to move my body freely is, is present every, every second of the day. Yeah. You know, the first thing I do when I get on the yoga mat is lift my legs up in the air. And so many of my brothers and sisters can't do that. And I couldn't do that at times in my life. And I can now. So, yeah, I'm going to get on that yoga mat every day and lift my legs up because I can. That's why. Yeah. And then the most, you know, the most important thing that keeps me going is my daughter. And I'm her mama. And... I want my kid to be proud of me oh. every single day and the, the community I serve, you know, the community I serve because, you know, I get to live with this community. I live in this community's homes and they invite me in to share in their most vulnerable times in their life. And I mean, that's the most blessed life in the entire world. And the fact that I, get to do that and that people count on me, you're damn right that I'm going to work hard to make sure that I'm on that mat. And if I have to dance to Al Green, Luther, 
Stevie Wonder and every single person till I get the right frame of mind to do what I need to do on that mat. And I rolled my whole body to, I even, I got so inspired. I, I drove in the car to a labyrinth and walked a labyrinth today. Like I even took it to the nth degree of self-love yeah. and I'm still not done. I'm going to hula hoop after we get done. So, you know, all throughout that. the day. Yeah. So I'm motivated by gratitude. I'm motivated by serving community, by my daughter and by the man, because the man is just not going to win in the life of me. Like I'm going to show the powers to be in healthcare who's boss and it's not them. Well, and it sounds to me um, like as you've kind of gone through this journey, there's some key things that really helped you through you know, helped you to get to where you are, but definitely through the, some of the most challenging times emotionally. And the first thing you mentioned was community and that, you know, you finding community in the, in the yoga community that you involved yep. was huge. And, and I think for a lot of people, um, having community in person is absolutely important. And a lot of people also that community here in the MS gym is, is kind of like a safe place for them to just, for me, even like, yeah. it's huge, the MS gym and, and my friends there. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, I don't know if you and Trevor really understand from an MSers point of view. I mean, realize I am one of your MSers is yeah. that, I mean, the community told me about you and I like, I got the private message and I'm like, MS gym. And I'll just never forget. Like, I mean, I, I even said this to Dr. Walls. I mean, the most joyful day of my life second to hearing Dr. Wall's TEDx was my first Trevor video. Like I was like, oh, I mean, this is, this is, this is the greatest thing ever that could ever be happening right now because, and, and that's before the level of community that the gym has now. I mean, now it's like in London, there's community. I mean, there's, I mean, the community, the MS gym community, which was felt so big now feels small in a big in a big world like there's there's one in every city there's every country and you know i did this I can kind of hear you. Oh, yes, we're back. Here, oh, no, no. Yay, we're back. Same thing. Back. You know what? It doesn't have Wi-Fi. 